Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the mean folks stand in quotes. Okay, here we go. We're going? We're going. We're going. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I was um, at all the ships and sea. All the ships and sea. I was uh, listening to a murder podcast, as I do, um, coming down, and it was a woman in Texas, a young woman. She was 26. Her husband was 24. They got married, and then one day there was—he was from Maine. They had two little kids. They just the. She had a boy from the previous marriage. She had a boy with this guy. They were supposed to be going to Maine, which is where he was from. And uh, the day the trip was supposed to happen, she just called up there and was like, he's gone. Uh, we don't know where he is and we're not coming. And they were like, what? And then they're like, did you call the police? She's like, no. <laughs> Jesus. You listen to some really upbeat stuff, don't you? So she calls the police and they're like, yeah, his uh, phone's here. His money's here. She tried to spin this web. Her, her mom hated him. Her mother-in-law, the mother-in-law of the guy, hated him. They got him out on a record. She's like, if I never saw him again, I wouldn't be too soon. You know, she was really... And they, they just didn't like him. Anyway, she she killed him. She euthanized him. In effect, she used horse tranquilizers. Oh, my God. She knocked him out, stopped his heart, stabbed him 41 times to make sure the body wouldn't float, and dropped him in a pond on a property that her friend owns. That's, and, that is such a pleasant... Pleasant thing. Yeah. So when I left the house today and was driving around, I listened to songs from the 80s and some songs from the 70s and sang along and then went and had a nice little lunch. My my contact fell out, but I put it on the seat so it was like my passenger on the way back home. And I had a lovely little time, even though I couldn't see out of my right eye. But it was a nice, pleasant, up, 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 uh, upbeat, up. Uh, happy uh, time. I wasn't listening to people getting killed and death and dying every time. Two kinds of people. There are two kinds of people. What did you have for lunch? Lunch at Silver's. Free plug. Free. <laughs> free. <laughs> I was wondering why they they don't do well. They I seem to struggle. The I. I don't, un- it, it doesn't make sense to me either. Long John Silver's, obviously, it's a nationwide chain, I mm-hmm. think. I don't think it's just on the They're East Coast. few and far between. It's a nationwide chain of fried food. It's been around for a really long time. And the, 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 there's, there's two left in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan Only two? area. One is in Dale City and one is in like District Heights, Damn. Maryland. I, the one I know is when we go to Charlestown. Right, right, right. Yeah. And that's not even a... That's it's one a of those long, hybrid ones. It's a Long John Silver's A&W yeah. root beer thing. And you didn't like the food last time you were there. It was, didn't taste good. They didn't cook it right. So, I, you know, I was like, I'm going to go run down and get something to eat at Long yeah. John Silver's. You and your sister a, have a, a, it's a, an affinity. Ordeal. Long John Silver's is Kentucky Fried Chicken, I know. Yeah. And so, now if there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken Long John Silver's medley, now that's <laughs> a whole other thing. business. Because I know there's KFC, good. isn't there KFC A&W mixes? There are. So yeah, I see, think you can hybridize anything if you want. Well, but I but they have to be owned by the same code. Anyway, so I went down, I drove down. Now the the the, the one in 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 uh, Dale City has gone through a massive remodel, reorganization, whatever you want to call it. The building is all modern now. It, the interior has been redecorated. Yeah. It looks nice and clean, and everything looks great. But there's still car- cardboard boxes stacked up. You were on the, saying they can't I get out of their under, own they, way. They can't get out of their own way. They they spent all 
all this money on decorating and new tables and laminates and chairs and everything and nothing sticky. Like you used to go in there and everything was sticky. <laughs> kind of and, like my and, kitchen. You know, yeah. And and but there's a stack of cardboard boxes. Yeah. And I don't get it. I don't understand just, why they that's can't. just management. It, it, it is. Management. So, you know, but you know, it's if 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 you get long John Silvers and it's freshly cooked, it tastes wonderful. Yeah. I know you're a fan. It, it tastes we wonderful. We had some good stuff in Florida. We went to long, oh we did now see I didn't think that you one didn't like was that, that one that much? I'm yeah. I'm an easy scorer and well boy, because yeah you're 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 not quite the uh, uh, Epicurean the, you are <laughs> the, you know, a, a, a fast food that I <laughs> I tell you nothing tastes nothing tastes better than a fresh McDonald's, McDonald's burger yeah, like they've made it fresh times. a fresh McDonald's Big Mac it's not one that's been in the steamer bar you were saying that COVID was like, and then what 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 is the newest revelation, Kevin? Oh, oh, um, don't put me in the hot seat like that. Um, oh, oh, Burger King. You like Burger King now? I had, I was, I was in a situation. Oh, oh, oh and then I don't know. Did I tell about the other the uh, Starbucks story? No, I, I don't think you did. So okay, so so I was in a place where I didn't have any other options. So oh, I went to so I, I, yeah, so I went to Starbucks, <laughs> and I was like, and I don't go to Starbucks very because I don't drink. And coffee. anyone who's listening. We'll know as you're telling the story what the takeaway right, right. is. So I don't I don't go to Starbucks because I don't drink coffee regularly. If I if I drink coffee at home, I make it myself. It's all caramel and milk and all that kind of stuff. It's it's like a milkshake yeah. that's got a coffee yeah. flavor. So I really don't drink coffee. I like tea. That's besides the point. The only option I had was this Starbucks. I go into the Starbucks and through the little pre-made things, I picked out two little sandwiches and I got a couple Rice Krispie treats and I think I got a thing of juice and I ordered a, a large uh, chai latte, blah, blah, blah. And then she rang it up and it, I want to say it was like 40 or 30 or 40 bucks or something. And I was like, die. And I mean, I had to do it because I didn't have any other options. Yeah. And this was the only place I was going to be able to get anything to eat for a while. So it was kind of funny to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I knew when you were telling me the and story. And when I told Kevin the story, I was like, yeah. And he goes, gee, that was been expensive before I even finished yeah. the story. I had no concept. Starbucks is a ripoff. And the other thing is, is I'm kind of, uh, I don't want to, I don't I don't know what the right word is. I just don't pay attention. Oh, I want the cheeseburger. No, no, no. You want what you want. It's a $30 cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're really in the moment that way. <laughs> so, but recently I went, I had to go to a Burger King. Okay. And I got a burger, a regular double cheeseburger. Which we didn't like in the past because they I, had that fake smoke. That fake smoky flavor. Now, I don't know whether they've adjusted it or they've done something different. Maybe they were our podcast. <laughs> Maybe they were my podcast. <laughs> Good company in the car has changed Burger King. And I got my I got my cheeseburger, double cheeseburger at Burger King, and I enjoyed it so much, I went no. and got another one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there is a, a chance for change in the world yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if I can start enjoying Burger King yeah, smoked hamburgers. Maybe we'll solve the problems in the Middle East once but that would be all. wonderful. <laughs> it's those pretty horses. You know those horses that glisten like gold? Mm -hmm. Those are going to save the world. Those are pretty. I don't know what they're called. I don't either. Because <laughs> they don't start off that way. They're like yeah. black. Black or something like that, and, and as they, they get turn older, into it, and they get they that golden that color. Pretty, they golden are stunning. Color. But um, I haven't heard enough crime today, so I would like to talk <laughs> murders. <laughs> No, you haven't heard enough tragic <laughs> crime. It's one thing when we talk about these crime stories, but some of them are just horrible. Well, the one, the one in Texas where the lady was found in the freezer and nobody missed her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was pretty funny. Well, you know, it was. What are you right? gonna do? And um, what are you gonna do? So this is one is the, the okay. Brad wait, wait, wait. Before we get into this, 
So you have personally experienced this lately. Okay. Where people have just not shown up. Uh-huh. And how long has it taken for people to realize? Now, I don't want to name any names. I don't want to, call, you know, but you've had at least two friends in the last year that have been in situations where they died and or had medical emergencies and it took a while for people to realize. Oh, okay. Well, with the, one, with the one, it was he uh, didn't show up to his regular lunch spot and then he didn't show up in the evening. And when I went over there, I said, where so is... So it took like, it uh, took it, about 15 hours? Yeah. Um, it and, took, it took, he should have been, it should have been that it, when he didn't show up for lunch, Somebody, and there were other people who were much closer to him, should have said, hey, are you okay? Because he right, always posted right, for right, lunch. Right, right, nobody right. did that. Then he didn't show up in the afternoon. And I was like, has nobody gone over there? It's like, well, we tried texting him. He hasn't texted back. So I went over. Right. I called the cops. They sent the paramedics. Right. And there he was on the floor upstairs. And the poor he had man a massive had, a, stroke. had a massive stroke. So he, he, so, okay, there was that. And then there was an, another. And my f- other friend, too, who was happened to be a friend of this guy, he was, um, somebody talked to him on Sunday. His friend, and then he was not that communicative of a guy. Right. And then nobody heard from him Monday, which wasn't odd. Nobody heard from him Tuesday, which wasn't odd. Wednesday, his daughter reached out to him and his best friend. And so she went over, and there were newspapers in the driveway. Right, right, they called right, the welfare. Right. He'd had a massive heart attack in bed, See, which is no, the way he wanted to go. Well, which is, which is, yeah, okay. And he know. told me when my other friend, who was in the hospital with the massive stroke and was pretty much almost a vegetable at that point, he said, if that ever happens to me, I've saved up my painkillers oh. for the past 15 years. I've got them in a jar by my bed. You feed those to me. That's one and of those weird things. I mentioned that to uh, his that... friend. I said, did you say anything to him about that? And she said, yeah. It was like, it was like it was next to his bed. <laughs> See, that's that that turns into the euthanasia and the, yeah, and the yeah, quality yeah. of life and all that kind of stuff. And we don't need to necessarily get into that. No, 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 we but don't. my point of that was, is if I went... Uh, silent. Yeah. Uh, but How long no. would it, I'm trying to think. Well, first of all, I, I'm still working full time. But you text everybody all day. If I didn't hear from you by like, you know me, I, you didn't answer my phone call one time and it was about two hours and I was like, holy God. I'm like, Kim, will you go check? Uh, and, you know, and and because uh, I just was like not not like you at all. And you had left your phone and you were just over there my talking phone to had, I was, I, I remember my phone had died and I was outside in the front yard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, but so, so it would be, I think it would be less than less than twelve hours if I went missing. Yes, less than twelve. I would hours. say probably somebody six. would because between the people that I text with regularly, my and friends, you're working, and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, you would be on pretty quick. Twelve hours, people would be like, "Where the hell?" Is I think I would be. Now, if I was too. working and I didn't show up for work, that would be a whole nother. They would be like, yeah. "What the hell's going on?" So I don't think. So we're gonna... what do you? So what do you think for you? I would think within a few hours. I, I, I would say six hours. You know, you would send me a few and then you'd be like, where are you? What's going on? And then my, I get texts from, you know, David or Pam or right, my brother. Right, because your close friends, yeah. you text, like, yeah, the, that's like with the, me, my Craig, close friends. Yeah, if, especially if I went a day without Craig and those guys, because our wordle circle. You've got, well, you've got that that uh, uh, satellite connected yeah. texting system with so your we, friends. We all, you if somebody all went, over the freaking world. We don't hear from Luther for months on end, but we expect that. But that's what I'm saying. So if Luther... 
Like, that's the perfect example. Well, Luther Luther's might, married and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but if Luther came up missing, it would take a while for you guys to realize would, he was for us, missing. But, it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think those two guys, they were older. They lived alone. Because, and they're it not, they're, because a lot of people don't think you dark. You don't expect the worst. We think dark. Yeah. See, so. now, I, I think of the little old The little old men. The old men in there, uh, at the end of 28th Street in Vienna, there was a Hardee's. And they all met for coffee every morning. Uh-huh. And if someone didn't show up for coffee. Yeah. It was okay. Oh, we're, so, we're so it's so yeah. So, well, uh, let's just seg right into this. Let's case. just go right into this. Okay, it's very famous in the D.C. area. It was, and um, this is the case of Brad Bishop. His he real was, name is William Bradford Bishop. How classy! Mom's from Canada. He went to Yale, by the way. Well, uh, blah, blah, blah. So this is True Crime Daily. True Crime Daily. It's on YouTube. Um, YouTube. doesn't really have a title. They're just yeah, these doesn't. things. But anyway, Brad Bishop was a Foreign Service officer. He worked for the State Department. And he was an incredibly intelligent man. He was a very accomplished man. He went to Yale. They had moved here to Bethesda to a home just off River Road in 1975. Uh, he spoke several languages. He had married at high... <laughs> One of the languages was... Uh, it was... Bosnian. He's, he's, yeah, he, he spoke Bosnian and he spoke an, a couple of Italian African ones. Fr- oh, African ones. Like yeah. besides... Because when you think of people speaking other languages, French, Spanish, this Italian... Was, this was diplomacy. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. He was yeah. posted all over the world. They kind of... In one of the interviews, they implied he was maybe did like kind of nefarious things that like State Department people yeah. might do. So, well, that's what they always say. The State Department, State Department, State, yeah. The State Department are diplomats. They are, regardless, they're diplomats. Right. They're not doing anything they're not supposed to be doing. So he but. had married his high school sweetheart. They had three children. Uh, his mother lived with them. Their home's just off River Road. We're going to drive by it and check it out. <laughs> she was a member of the local tennis club, um, but apparently that wasn't enough for Brad. So Brad Bishop uh, was a Foreign Service officer, uh, highly intelligent. Uh, knew five or six languages. I seemed to have this all-American family, high school sweetheart, three good-looking kids. Traveled around the world, belonged to the local tennis club. Just appeared to have it all. So, the beginning of this episode, we learn that the murder has been committed. He has never been apprehended. He has the skills and the languages. He could be hiding anywhere in the world. This is Detective Brian Stafford. He's from the Montgomery County Police Department. Where do you believe Brad Bishop is hiding out? I don't know, but I think he's out there in, in plain sight. I don't blending think he's right actually into hiding. Society. Blending right in. His career at the State Department, as I said, took him all over the world, and he had some fairly prestigious positions. In Botswana, he was actually the uh, Deputy Chief of Mission, which was a, a fairly high-level uh, position. Um, and he was doing whatever State Department guys uh, do. So his wife, Annette, his mother, and they had three boys ranging in age from 14 to 5 years old, or from 5 to 14 years old. So, yeah, it looked like they had it all. This- this, the interesting part about this is because the information for this case mm-hmm. is so, I don't, documented is not necessarily the right word, but it's so specific. Yes. So they knew how where he worked and what he did. Yes. They knew the status, status of his family and they knew when he disappeared. Mm-hmm. So all of my, in my research, 
everything is exactly the same. There's no deviation on the details from any of the other research. You know, like the pictures are the same, the items right. are the there's, same. There's Every, a very finite set of clues. Yes, correct. Yes, there's correct. not. That's you know, good. if you go finite. here, finite. Right. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of right. stuff out there. Oh, if you watch this, they they talk about that. No, nope. there's one thread to this story. So. He was very much obsessed with his career, and he was being treated for severe depression. Doesn't make you a bad person. No. <laughs> it all came to a head when he was denied a promotion. So on this day, it was March 1st, 1976. It was a Friday. He told his co-workers that he didn't feel well. He left. He drove to the Montgomery Mall right up the road from us in Rockville. He went to the Sears store. He bought a handheld sledgehammer and a five-gallon gas can. And then he went to Pope's Hardware, and he bought a pickaxe and, like, a pitchfork, right? A shovel. Shovel. Then he drove home. His wife he killed first, they speculate, because it was in, in the evening. The time of death was determined to be in the evening when the kids probably would have been in bed, but she still would have been awake. Right. So he had left work early, but he by the time he got home, the kids were already in bed. They were in bed. So then he killed the kids, then his mom came home and he killed her. He piled them all into a station wagon, and he headed to a town in Columbia, North Carolina. He dug a shallow grave, and he lit the bodies on fire. He apparently still had his dog with him. Oh, wow. So that is that is the, one of those, that is one of the only weird, like, uh, because apparently the mother was walking the dog. Oh. She was not home when he got there. So he immediately killed the wife. They think the time, the timeline, he okay. killed the wife, he killed the children. Uh, and then by the time the mother got home with the dog, then he killed her. Oh, God. So the dog, he didn't kill the dog. No. No, and again, they wanted to point out this wasn't uh, this wasn't a uh, a crime of passion. He no, had, this, he, this he went and bought all the stuff yes. methodically. Waited. And I do want to point out, just from a uh, mental health standpoint, depression shows itself in men as anger yeah so he's all super depressed his life's not going the way he wanted there's some money problems there's some issues he's not got the career he wants it comes out as anger Homicidal anger so some park rangers in a fire tower saw the blaze that's how we this may never have gotten solved if it weren't for that the, the, if the fire had burned as exhaustively as i guess he was hoping there wouldn't have been anything anything left so from there, Bishop just vanished. You pointed out he had his diplomatic passport with him. It kept being said that there was a six-day lag lag between... The investigators in North Carolina connecting, connecting it to the murders, the murders up here in, in Bethesda. Mar in Maryland. So he had a seven-day so, head so start. So he had a six, seven-day head start before anyone had any clue he had anything to do with any of it. and a lot of people are thinking he just slipped out of the country that's why it's been it wasn't like he couldn't have gone far you know we, he's got this the or one thing that the one speculative thing was because he was parked along the appalachian trail mm -hmm. that he and the dog uh -huh. joined a group of hikers um okay now that's, that one that that because he was i, I would know, think one of the hikers would be like yeah this guy joined us he got off it but you know no, no no but that happens People who are on the active parts of the Appalachian Trail. Just let trail, people join them? Yeah, you know, there'll be one or two, and then a couple will join them, and a couple will break off, and a couple will join them. And a couple oh, will okay. Break because it's for safety purposes going through the mountains. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. So, so th there is a speculative, speculative notion that he and the dog joined people on the Appalachian Trail wow. to get away from the area because he'd left the car yeah, he did. back there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Well, we are now at the uh, evidence room in right there in Rockville at the Montgomery County Police Department, and we're looking at some of the evidence. The shovel is wrapped up kind of like a Christmas present, oh, really, but you really? can tell it's a okay, shovel. Okay, I really, okay, 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 I want you to really describe in great detail how, how what that seat, what what we what you what you're Which talking is about. Yeah, well, yeah, they yeah, bring yeah. out this thing, and it looks like a a box. It's shaped like a shovel, and they unwrap it. They're wearing and you see white the shovel. gloves. They're wearing gloves. They're treating it like a manuscript in a in a, in a library, <laughs> at the Book of Kells or whatever. And you could see the handles burn, and you could see the um, the sales mark for Pope's Hardware in yes. Potomac. And and they're looking at it, and they're like, oh. so that on this one, and they show the gas can on this one, and they're they're treating it like a holy relic. And, and then in another and because one, because you know this this re- reporter, I, I'm not sure what her name was. She's really trying to do a good story, and and she does it's a compelling story the way she's put it but this isn't a news story this story has been going on since 1979 1976 1976 oof yeah so it's been revisited several times every time there over the years there's been updates on channel nine it'll be like oh they put <laughs> so put, you know so one of the videos they have somebody pulling the the evidence out and literally he's just holding up the shovel no gloves no <laughs> <laughs> so, I was highly amused yeah, by that. Yeah, that's very funny. I don't know why they're so precious with it. it it's, it's long since been exhausted. Yes, abuse. exactly. So this detective feels like he could be anywhere. Oh, he could be doing anything. By all accounts, he was a very intelligent man. Um, he could be teaching a foreign language. Uh, he could be teaching English. I mean, if he's overseas somewhere. They've been getting leads from all over the world, but the most promising one was in 1981, when a sheriff in Alabama contacted the Montgomery County Police saying that a man killed in a hit-and-run accident looked exactly like the wanted poster for Bishop. They even went so far as to exhume the body. We see a picture of the man, and it looks exactly like him. You can see why. You can see why. You can. It's it's uncanny. But DNA showed that it wasn't him. Back in 1981, that that seems like the dawn of DNA testing, but that wasn't him. So the FBI has upped the ante, and he is now on the 10 most wanted list. They did this about 10 years ago, which comes with an automatic $100,000 reward if you can help lead them to Bishop. Well, one thing, you get an automatic $100,000 reward. Uh, It also generates a a huge publicity blast. Their face is posted on the FBI website. We had billboards put up in New York, Times Square, uh, throughout the U.S., so they've also used a forensic sculptor to age him and show us what he would look like today. I believe they used the same guy from the family annihilator who killed um, the guy they end, ended up catching in yeah. Richmond. Yeah, yeah, And I believe they used him. I think the bust of him when he was younger, he looks like Elvis. <laughs> but they, it, I don't understand the weird angle. They had it with a weird it was, like, his chin head was, out angle. It yeah, was a weird pose. That. I don't know if there's any forensic value to him um. looking like that, but we now meet Roy Harrell. We've seen Roy and a couple of telling his story a couple of times before we came down to record. Just like we were saying, just like I was saying with the different, this has been revisited norm several times. So the one that we are using for the basis for this podcast, he's an old man. He has white really hair, old, like like a hard eighty-five. Yeah, he's old, probably at least. in his eighties. But the one I watched in my research, he still has flaming red uh, uh, hair. Yeah, he was and maybe, tight skin, maybe sixty. And, yes, it's very funny. So Ray was in Sorrento, Italy sometime in 1984 for a vacation, and he was in a restroom drying his hands when in walks a man with long hair and a beard, and he looks at him and he said, 
Ray, is that you? You're Ray Bishop. And the man just yelled, oh, God, no. He flipped and, and ran, ran, ran out into a rainstorm. This guy, Ray, is like, that was that was him. I worked with him intimately for years at yes. the State Department. I know it was him. He was the last person to see him leave the State Department before he yeah, went that, that was right. He's yes. one of the last people to see. Yes. And he also, in one of the reenactments, he says, come back to Rome with me. And the guy's like, no. So one guy fleshed out the story a little more than the other one. Right. Well, so we're not, we don't know which to believe. But either way, he took off running. Right. That they're Correct. fairly sure it was him in Italy. Yeah, and Ray took this information to the authorities in Rome, but it never made it back to the State Department, and nothing was ever made of it. So that was a very strong, strong lead that's been revisited over the years, but nothing ever came of it. He got older. Uh, he also had a beard. Uh, in strange parts uh, up here on the the cheeks, that he kept carefully uh, trimmed. They weren't even connected to his sideburns. He'd gotten quite a bit more weight on, but his facial appearance was virtually the same as what I'd remembered. Roy did know Bishop very well. He talks about his personality and what it was like being around him. Brad Bishop was somebody who was uh, very selective in who he would even have contact with. He was uh, someone who was uh, very anxious to make it in the foreign service that he did have a very volatile temper he frequently said to me sometimes i just lose control and i said and that's rather dangerous for a diplomat to be doing so that's fairly chilling he said sometimes i just lose control right yeah. and when you realize what he'd done that's what happened we also learned from roy that there was plenty of stress back at home we learned that annette as well as bishop's mom had no intention of moving overseas, and this was fairly damaging to his career as a diplomat. If you really want to move up the ranks, just kind of like if you want to move up the ranks in the FBI, you want to get you, you got to gotta be posted to different places. Lot, yeah. And they adamantly did not want to do that. Also, Bishop's mom was in charge of the family's finances. I get the feeling she there came was, with money. That was said. One of the things is that he, because you know, he's not making. He's a government employee, even though he's working at the State Department. He's not making a ton of money he's making an okay living but he's got a wife and three kids right that's a that's a you know in a nice neighborhood yeah, and yeah. They, they travel a lot to to europe for vacation they look like they were stuff. leading a very nice yeah, life yeah, yeah. so he did he did snap and after all these years it's coming up on what 40 something years now yeah. at least right 40 40 years 40 years 40 yeah. 40 years so um they're fairly optimistic that they're still going to catch him I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, they, they they were running billboards in Times Square, yeah. and this was well, a few years a, ago. He's probably not in America. But they did say, all of the detectives were saying he's probably hiding in plain sight. He's probably yes. not... Teaching you know, English somewhere yeah, or whatever. He's going by a different name. But And, and he's heavier or whatever. But do you, you think he's alive? Well, at this stage, he I, what did they say? He's 80-something at yeah. this point? He might not even be alive. I so, don't think he's alive. And it's not like he had a lot of money either. Yeah, he took out $500 the day of the um, killings. Right. So so unless he had money someplace stocked away like in a safe uh, deposit box might have or something done, like I mean, that. as a dip, but that would have, he really would have been playing the long game if he had money socked away overseas that he could access. I don't know. Um, but you don't know. You don't know what goes on with people, but that's that's it. And there's there's some more audio from local news stations here. Montgomery County police were led to the Bishop home this morning when concerned neighbors reported the family missing. Police searched the house on Lilystone Drive near Potomac, conferred with North Carolina, and tonight confirmed. This is where the murders took place, 
sometime after 6.30 on the night of March 1st. We have evidence there's blood in the three bedrooms upstairs and blood in the master bedroom downstairs. We also have evidence that uh, the homicide of these five people took place at this residence as we have blood that leads from the home out to where the parking lot is. This is where we stand right now. We have investigators going to North Carolina. They're en route now to coordinate the efforts of our department with the uh, North Carolina uh, law enforcement people. What about Mr. Bishop? Mr. Bishop, at this time, we don't know where Mr. Bishop is. He's missing. So is a 1974 Chevrolet that belongs to the family. Teletype has been sent from Montgomery County, all points, in reference to the station wagon to try and locate the station wagon. Is he a suspect? We have no suspects in the crime at this time. There was no sign of a struggle, no sign of forced entry into the home. Evidence from North Carolina indicates the family was beaten to death. The children may have been in their pajamas at the time. The bishops moved here from California two years ago, described by neighbors as a close family. It was the Beckelmans next door who first called the police. I hadn't told anybody uh, where they were going, and they, uh, uh, people missed them. You know, They're uh, going to play tennis, or they're going to uh, share uh, the groceries, or the children weren't at the school. They're like, oh, they're very fine people. Uh, the fellow was uh, with the State Department. Very, very fine people. The case has now been turned over to Montgomery County Police exclusively, taken out of the hands of North Carolina. Investigators will remain in the house probably throughout the night, searching for further evidence. Once again, police want to talk to Mr. Bishop, but again, they have not named him or anyone else as a suspect. This is Steve Gendell, Eyewitness News, Bethesda, Maryland. Some of the reporters that have just now stopped working were yeah, covering just, The one guy we kept pointing, Kevin kept pointing out, he just retired. The the news reporter had just mm-hmm. retired. Yeah, so it was a big deal in the, the D.C. area. But it he is, wanted, I mean... But he, he's what's called a family annihilator. Oof. That's what these people, oh, rather than the let their, they, they just erase their family. Sometimes it's because they, like the guy in New Jersey who killed his family, mm. he had lost his job. And he thought rather than, and he was very um, uh, religious, and he thought rather than let my family suffer and be humiliated, I'll just kill them That's and send them to heaven. That's just mental insanity. This it was is, insane. Yeah. And um, But this guy did it. It was more like a rage killing to just like get rid of them, you know. <sighs> I do want to point out, though, that a lot of these guys are guys that are trying to live up to standards that they right. th- beyond their abilities or beyond unrealistic their, standards. Un- yeah. Ooh, unrealistic standards. And and again, the mental stability it doesn't come out as being sad, yeah. not getting out of bed. They go crazy yeah, and get crazy. angry. And so it was a very tragic case. A lot of people were really rattled by it. His neighbors were but really of course, upset about it. You, you, things like that don't happen. This is they a nice really neighborhood. Don't. They really you know? don't yeah. happen in that neighborhood. There, so. It haunted people, and it's it's a terrible, terrible thing when you think about it. You know, and um, just an awful way to die. But, well, you know, well, of course, it's an awful way to die. But also because of the time frame, social media and things like that. It, I I just can't see how that would be possible now. He wouldn't get away with that. Everybody cell phone has a pain. phone. There's cameras everywhere. Yes, you can't travel without proper identification. It's I'm wondering just, now with with social media being as pervasive as it is. We might actually, if he's out there, they'll catch him. You know, possible. It's very possible. Because you, you remember Cunanan, Andrew Cunanan, Andrew Cunanan killed. Uh, he was from Chicago. He was the après moi, the flood guy. That was his high school um, quote. He killed his like his boyfriend in Chicago. Then he went to his 
ex-boyfriend in Minnesota and killed them. And then he went on a killing spree, and then he ended up killing Jody Versace, that guy. Oh, okay. They were saying social media, they were like gay Twitter would have had him in an instant because he yeah. was frequenting like gay establishments everywhere he went. And they were like, he was here, we just saw him. And they were like, gay Twitter would like, be on the outlook, look out for this guy, they would have caught him like that. Right. But since this was 1997 or whatever, and people would have had cell phone videos of him walking away, they would have had him. But that was the prior to all of this. And they're, they're pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, that Brad Bishop would have gotten caught if, it, if he had done that right. today. Correct. Because so, it's just a different world now, that's all. Yeah. So that was the, the creepy tale of Bradford Bishop. If you're out there, Brad... Turn yourself in. Do the right thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening.